Another Ian Collins once a word fact. Powered by the Mitsubishi L200. The L200 has won what van pickup of the year 15 times. That's more silver than most Premiership teams could ever dream of. Ian Collins wants a word. Maybe you could just fade me up or something, Kev, so I come in talking, because we can't quite... Blimey, it's episode, what? 72. Shall I do like a big... Welcome, pop merchants, brace yourself for more than a generous bowlful of top-notch entertainment. Not up there with Through the Keyhole, but it does surpass educating Yorkshire. Sort of. On the show, this. Who gives a Donald? Me mum's Hoover bags full of this. You send a few texts and tweets. Battery's pretty much dead by the end of the day. There he is, the man who knows his tech. He is the world's best. Mr Will Guyatt will be on with us. And we'll be left looking more of a twat than a shoplifter in Poundland if we didn't send out some of this. Woohoo! And why wouldn't grown men be excited about that kind of stuff? A bit like, look who's here. It's the grot bags of the piece. Carol Lee Scott, eat your heart out. Here's Sideshow Kev. Ooh, there's somebody at the door. <laughs> there must have been hidden messages in that show. Don't climb on the roof, that kind of thing. Oh, come on, man, you're better than that. Do you know I'm not, Kev? I'm <laughs> really not. I was trying to be kind. Wish I was. Have we got questions? It's questions and feedback via social media, and Facebook, email, and all manner of exciting bits and bobs and kit and detail, as the master may say, from... Random Archie, do either of you fashion plates own a onesie? <laughs> and if so, do you take selfies in your onesies? Perverts. Ah, oh, oh, that's weird. If you walk past a market these days, yeah. they always seem to be selling horrible onesies. And you wonder who buys them. I can, I can picture you in one there. Yeah, I'd be great. In You'd a wear a tie. Romper suit. You'd wear That'd a tie with it as well. <laughs> You'd have to have a tie with it and maybe a little waistcoat to go on the top. It's the, it, it, it's the selfie that I constantly bemused by the selfie of course but when we first discovered these pictures we just thought these were tits who'd left their camera in the picture and i think probably most people would have had that same view why have somebody taken a picture they haven't cut the camera out and then of course that became the thing it's the thing to have the camera so i can okay it's become a fashion like photographing your bloody legs at the beach has also joined that strange bizarre area Mm. of fashion but when i was in the gym the other day I didn't expect it to be such a commonplace piece of contemporary behaviour that when a guy came back from the gym into the changing room, he suddenly started taking pictures of himself in the mirror. Right. And I thought that was a little bit odd. What made it all the more odd was his two mates came walking around the corner. Uh, one of them didn't know he was there, and he said, where's Baz? And he went, oh, he's just doing a couple of selfies. Anyway, um, <laughs> and they just carried on talking, as if it was the most natural thing in the world to take your hooter off, show your man tits, and take pictures <laughs> with your Blackberry. <laughs> well, maybe it is. Maybe we're missing out. What a trio of fool. Maybe uh, after the, the pod tonight, we should take a couple of selfies, stick them up on Twitter. Yes, I think that's what we should do. Oh, like don't make that now. pose. Right. Or that. And put that away. Uh, from Nelly the Trucker via fax. <laughs> I didn't even know we had a fax. We machine. haven't got a fax. How did he do that? Nelly says, what's your beef with Peter Capaldi? Uh-oh. 
The man has more talent in his left testicle than you do in your entire anatomy. No, well, it's not really a beef. I, I mean, I, I, I'm happy to see the oldies get the parts. I think we've oh, had these old. complaints for a long time, haven't we? That you know, and it's like, as I said before, it's like Mr. Grace. <laughs> oh look, it's very big in here. It's a massive TARDIS. <laughs> oh. Where's Molly Weir? <laughs> she could clean this TARDIS without scratching. <laughs> he's not that old. Uh, he's not really. I'm being unkind. He's 55. He's five years younger than you. <laughs> yeah. From Brummy Bella. Brummy Bella says, what are the versions of a video version of this podcast? What are the versions of a video version? What are the chances of a video version of this podcast? <laughs> What are the chances of a video version of this podcast? What are the chances of a video version of this podcast? I don't know. What are the chances of a video version of this podcast? I would say virtually nil. You think so? Mm. I don't know. I mean, it's maybe. Really? A, vid- a vidcast a once in a while. A vidcast? Vodcast? What do they call it? I don't know. I only deal with the pods and yeah, the pods, not we, the vids we, and the vods. We're really very pod-bound, very proud of being pod-bound, and we keep our pods to our pods and vids to their vids, and never the twain shall meet and all that. Maybe we should say, when Helen and Ollie do one, as they're pioneers, you know, then we'll do one the following week. Yeah. That sounds like a challenge. That sounds like Let's a big, not do that. Big challenge, yes. But we'll keep you posted if we decide to film ourselves. <laughs> oh, man. That just sounds seedy. Yep. Uh, from Swift Pete. Are you thinking of joining the Nokia revolution? I have, and it's a breath of lovely, cool air. A weight... Off one's heavy shoulders. Uh, no, I've been reading about this. The Nokia... Uh, strangely enough, we have Will Guyatt on with us. Do we? Uh, like Will Guyatt, the tech guru, oh. is on with us a little bit later. He's going to tell us a bit about the, um, the sort of Apple announcements and the Samsung announcements and what, what's going on there and is anybody pulling the wool over folks' eyes, etc. But uh, the Nokia revolution is this idea that some people are just going back to basics and saying, F*** the smartphone, I'm just going to get myself an N95 or an 8910i a beauty by the way oh yeah or a, whatever and i will have a phone that doesn't need charging every three seconds it'll probably last about a week and on top of all of that i will have something that gets a signal in most places it's one of the reasons why you know your smartphone is so laden with other nonsense mm. that it can't even beg for a signal out there so so is it all it's all going retro then in the well the gear I for department. some people but then it, it depends what else you've got attached to your smartphone if you've got everything going on in there yeah sort of notes and calendar and it's synced and you've got music and of course podcasts and all the rest of it you can't you know loved me 8910 i as i did mm-hmm. you can't listen to a podcast on it so on that basis alone do not join that retro revolution mind you that being said i saw a picture of somebody who was running twitter on a ZX Spectrum Seriously? the other day. Now, uh, how were that? Well, that surely they were just using the interface. And... Well, what interface? Well, it's a 48K machine from like 30 years ago. How do you get it to run Twitter? How do you even get it on the internet? That's the fascinating thing, Ian Collins. Okay, they were just using a box that looked like a Spectrum. No, it was a Spectrum. You can go visit Twitter on the Spectrum. Well, it must be a. There's a little interface they plug in the back, but the rest of it, the graphics never. But isn't that just isn't that just the equivalent of you know when you go into it, you can buy a 1920s house phone, but it's just <laughs> can it's you? just what yes, it's just a black Bakelite phone with a modern plug on the end. Yeah, so it's not really an old Bakelite 1920s phone. It's just made to look like one. I don't think it's quite the same thing, but I get it's what you're saying. Genuine spectrum, genuine spectrum with a thing in the back. You plug it into you, and it and it's like oh here's Twitter. It's next to useless, and it's still got that horrible rubber keyboard. But at the same time, Twitter on a spectrum. Quite like the keyboard. Did you? It's all right. 
At the time, it was all right. I'd never seen a fucking <laughs> keyboard. I had it a, was brilliant. I had a co- Any keyboard would have done it. It could have been made of bloody wood for hey, all hey, I care. Hey, I had a Commodore 64. I knew what a true keyboard was, my friend. Did, I suppose, didn't you? Brown. Posh kid. Not posh kid. No, the posh kids had the BBC Micros. Oh, do you remember that? Yeah, yeah and the loved... Electrons. Yes. Whereas the, the Spectrum... Fact that they had something with the word BBC in it. Yeah. Always changed. It was, that was a real game changer. They, that, they didn't seem as if they were enjoying their experience. No. They seemed they were having an educational experience. Well, yeah, well, exactly, which is why the parents, rich parents, yeah. would buy the BBC Micros. And is why Fred Harris... On Micro Live. Do you remember Micro Live? I remember Fred Harris. Yeah. You can't forget Fred and his giant calculator. Isn't that funny that they got away with that? Isn't it, though? But then again, this was a world where they got away with <laughs> So... <laughs> oh, oh, I think people could guess what that was, despite the loud <laughs> beep that occurred. And we're wondering how they got away with advertising a computer. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we need to worry too much how they did that, do we, really? <laughs> Turned a blind eye to a plug for our own computer. Good <laughs> Lord. Who's thinking of? From Colin, the super spy. <laughs> Andre! I got Andre back. I felt sorry for him after last week. Yeah. He just roamed the streets getting drunk on cheap cider. And he, he fell foul of IDS's new rules and regulations. He couldn't have signed on by about five years. No. So we got him back, but you'd be pleased to hear half his previous rate. From Colin, the super spy. Andre, give me some super spy music. Colin says... I'm sure I spied Ian arguing with the manager of my local chip shop <laughs> regarding the lack of vinegar on his cod and the lack of provision of tiny wooden forks with which to eat said cod. Is this something he does often? Not the forks. So you can fork off with your fork allegation because I do not eat fish with a little wooden fork. Well, you, they're impractical, aren't they? Well, of course they are. You just eat it with your mitts, don't you? It's as simple as that. But, I, I mean, I, as last week when we were talking about the chicken parlour, I, I saw know. you eating ribs with your bare hands. I mean, I suppose you have to, but that I don't eat ribs. It's not easy so. to do. No. That Especially not, not those ribs with their special sauce. Especially provided by the owner. Yes. Dude, I'd already had a row with. Yeah. One has to wonder. I went all itchy after that. Did you? <laughs> From Wolverhampton Max, winter is setting in. Wolverhampton beckons. Two words, boys. Road trip. Two words, Max. (laughs) (laughs) It is about time. Well, I think we're doing it in a mirage, though, aren't we, this year? No. But isn't the whole point that we wait until it gets chilly? I mean, the last road trip did incorporate going, uh, doing off-road driving. So it wasn't a case of just going there. And we recorded part of the podcast going up the motorway and stopping at the services and all of that caper. But it was it also, of course, was the the off-road experience. Yes. Which we did at an old former military base, uh, which was great and amazing. It was all of that. And, and it was also freezing, if you remember. Yes, it was very cold. So do we have to wait for it to be freezing, even though the weather will not be relevant to this particular road trip? I can only think we need to give our good friends at Mitsubishi a call and ask them. We should really drive what they say, what yeah, Lance tells us. It's up to them. Drive the Mirage, though. I wouldn't mind a go at one. Yeah. From Zombie Les Dawson. No such thing as a blankety black checkbook and pen. <laughs> F*** off. <laughs> P.S. Brains. Any questions you want to throw our way, you must follow us on Twitter, by the way, at Once A Word. That's at Once A Word. Uh, we're building that up. Lots of exciting things will happen with that Twitter account. Meantime, though, Kev at onceaword.com or Ian at onceaword.com. Questions on anything you like for this section, please. Will Guyatt, the man of tech, with us a little later. Kev's unnamed feature. We don't know what the hell that might be. And a bit of this. 
Welcome to the world of tomorrow! And here we go. It is that uh, newish feature. Can we have a half-baked cheer now, please? Now it's been running for a few weeks. Woohoo! Uh, ways to make the world a better place once in a while. While you're busy just being a human being, you stumble across little areas of existence. It could be sort of social, economic, governmental, or just personal. It's a nugget of everyday life that just looks all wrong. It could be a law, a type of behaviour, a corporate regulation, something that needs a swift kick. Up the arse, a rethink, a rewiring, a reworking of ideas or notions. With this in mind, we bring you ways to make the world a better place. Your thoughts on how and where we can improve the globe. Welcome to our workshop kits. Kev, have you got one? I have two. Trees. Yep. Fair point. Well, just a way to make the world a better place in general. Let's have size limits on trees. Some of these bastards are just too big, especially if they're in someone's garden and they're hanging over your fence. And they do kill people. They do kill people. There's not a year that goes past where someone doesn't die by tree in this country, which is usually during a storm or something. They fall on the road and hit a car or something. But yeah, there's always somebody dies by a bloody tree. Right, so all we have to do, and it's, it's, it's not all depressing, folks, just make sure that if you have, say, a birch tree... Your birch tree can be no more than five and a half feet high because yeah. you don't need your birch tree any taller than that. Fair point. The other one is it should almost be punishable by a an act of whipping or just, you know, having your uh, your nostril hairs removed via gaffer tape. If you are on holiday yeah. and you have your mobile phone with you, you are not permitted to sit around the swimming pool talking to your mates back home about what happened on f***ing Coronation Street the night before. No. Or, worse, people sitting around swimming pools complaining about how hot it is where they are and they wish they were back home. No. Go home, then, you miserable Oops. It's as simple as that. It is as simple as that. Here's one for you, Kev. Let's make all kids live in London for a month once they reach the age of 14. Oh. Yep, you could experience the trials... The tribulations, the ups, the downs, the peaks, the troughs of life in the metropolis. Everything from abject poverty to over-the-top opulence, from the bizarre, the odd, the historic, the weird, the grotesque, there is no greater place to spike and expand the human brain than London town. The land of the free, the land of the famous, the land of the whore, the land of the queen. (laughs) Everything happens in a nation's capital, which is why every kid should give it a month to assist in their cultural and streetwise education. What could be wrong with that? It also, by a nice coincidence, happens to be where the nation's newest favourite cockney, Matt Smith, lives. (laughs) Hello, son. (laughs) Welcome to your mum in London town. Oh, he's up, Mother Bran. Who are you? (laughs) What has happened to him? But there is something in that, isn't there? There's something in that. That you expand the mind. If I was 14 and somebody says you've got to go and live in the capital, then I think just by being there for a month, you would become a wiser person. For good and bad. I think so. It's ways to make the world a better place, things you would introduce to make the world a better place. Nikki says, how about getting the Queen to read the news? (laughs) I like this. (laughs) What actually Nikki does say is get the Queen to read the good news stories of the week. This would have a nice feel-good factor for the nation and a great additional use for the Queen. There is something about having a bulletin, isn't it, that just does nice yeah. news stories. Now you kind of got to distinguish it from it being a YouTube show. That's the problem. Because nice news stories are pandas uh, sneezing 
um, yeah. dogs uh, getting stuck in a doorway with a stick in its mouth. It's great. Jake in Middlesbrough says, My suggestion to make the world a better place is make everybody own a dog. Unless you live in conditions that might be cruel. I love mm. the caveat there. A dog is man's best friend and our greatest conduit to calm and understanding. Dogs are part of the gang, part of the family. In some places, part of the menu. They, <laughs> they second-guess us. They want to please us. They show us and teach us love and loyalty. That is all right. If we do go for that and allow that in, though, can we eradicate the breed that is the Chihuahua? That <laughs> of the dog world. <laughs> Three inches of surplus fluff and teeth. Get rid. But yeah, beyond that, I, I like the idea, but you're not a dog owner. No. Any plans on going no, no, mutt-bound? No, not at all. Why? Because they're too much hassle. You're only recently a dog yeah. owner in the grand scheme of things, and I know it's changed your life. Well, it has. I mean, the other day we went to the seaside, you know, a beautiful summer's day, and you think, you know, take the dog with you. And, you know, the beauty of, you know, when it is really hot mm. on a day that's 34 degrees and you're going to the beach is that uh, you don't have to take the dog with you, just leave it in the car. Brilliant. <laughs> so, you know, because they, you know, they, <laughs> right, they go very, very quiet. Yeah. <laughs> now, you don't mean that, do you? Well, not on its own, obviously. With somebody, the point being is your dog will go wherever you ask it to go. Yes. It'll do whatever you want. So not obedient. It's like having a wife. So, <laughs> yeah. Les in Kidderminster says, Can we have a system where any world leader threatening invasion of another country has to take a public lie detector test when claiming they have evidence of a misdemeanour? Mm. To make it more interesting, it could be done on the Jeremy Kyle show. <laughs> Sounds harsh, but come on, this would make the world a better place. Very good point. The only trouble with that is that if your leader is lying, could they be lying for the common good? Double bluff. Could there be a reason why they're lying? Is telling a lie always a bad thing? Could there be some strategic mm. purpose behind the lie they have perpetrated? So doing the lie detector test might show up that they've told a lie, but actually, as the history books will show, a hundred years after when the papers are released, they told the lie for a very good reason and would have saved humanity. Well, yeah, and that is a good point because, you know... As much stick as the government gets for not releasing information, there's stuff that they don't want you to know because it would scare the living shit out of you. There is that. Jolly Muldoon says, What say we introduce the tomorrow people? Ah. Surely a boost for anyone. I think Jolly is talking about the awful uh, 70s stroke 80s well, yes. TV show. W which they remade with Todd from Neighbours in the 80s and they're remaking again. They're bringing back the tomorrow people. Really? Yeah. Todd I from Neighbours? Yeah, I Todd from Neighbours. He was the one with the spiky hair. Did they used to grab their <laughs> and then disappear or something, didn't that they? That was exactly it. That's yeah. what happened. That was their special power. Yeah. That's the only thing they could do. Yeah. No, but the Tomorrow People was dreadful, and it was dreadful in the 80s, and it will be dreadful in the 90s. Or is it the 90s? What, what decade is this? Who was in the original Tomorrow People? Is it anybody we know? Oh, it was that guy. You know him. Was it Paul Coyer? <laughs> it's definitely a bloke that looks like Paul Coyer. And Luke, the Mitzi Mania man, says, Ooh. let's rid the planet of public toilet attendants. I'm talking about those merchants who want to help you wash your hands in a pub or club toilet yes. before rewarding you with some cheap cologne and, for unfathomable reasons, a f***ing lollipop. All of this with the vague hope that you give them a quid. <laughs> Firstly, who wants to pay a pound for a slash? And secondly, why would I require a lollipop once I had done it? And thirdly, what kind of a bull opts for a job in a public sh**er? Let's get rid of them all and make the 
the world a much better place. It's a very good point. I just hate them. They are every reason to make you not want to wash your hands. Well, yeah, especially when they chase after you with a bit of paper towel and a but it almost spray. Do. Hey, mate, come on, how you doing? The other fella round from here. Mm. How you doing, soldier? Yeah. Soldier? Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Where do you think we are? Hellman Province? <laughs> For God's sake. We're in the Rose and Crown, mate. Only the other week, we I was in a gentleman's, excuse me, so to speak, and uh, the guy was going, hey, my friend, my friend, uh, to this, this guy uh, who clearly didn't want to be bothered by him for his cheap scent and his paper towels. And he said to him, don't worry, mate, it's fine. I washed my c*** <laughs> before I came out. <laughs> Which I thought was Great both answer. polite and pleasant. Good, good toilet-based repost. You see, you need more of that. Uh, there we are. Uh, more of those in a couple of weeks' time when they return. Ways to make the world a better place. Ian at whatsaword.com. Kev at whatsaword.com. Will Guyatt will make the world a better place. He really? knows about. Yeah, he does, old Will. He's uh, not really Willy, just Will will do. <laughs> uh, he's on with us a little later. He's got tech detail. MC Willy G. Last, <laughs> last week was a massive week for tech releases and info. And Will Guyatt has the data. And we take a pause in order to talk about you. Yes, that's you. You work hard, you know what you like, and you know a tasty vehicle when you see one. Just have a think about some of this, because you can now save up to £5,000 on the ultimate 4x4. I'm talking about the Mitsubishi Shogun, with prices starting from just 26199 and 0% finance across the range. You simply have to check out the website for some very special offers. Mitsubishi-cars.co.uk slash Shogun. The Mitsubishi Shogun, always capable, surprisingly affordable. It is that surprise feature of the world. <laughs> I will say surprise feature. I have got a Scooby what Kev will do until he opens his mush and delivers the money shot, so to speak. It's time for the band list. Oh, get in there. Band. Horses. <laughs> you look at the Grand National. There's a, a whole host of wacky horse names on the go. Loads. Now, this may make you think that anything goes. Well, apparently not, as the British Horse Racing Authority decides which names are acceptable and has banned... A load of them. Is that right? But you don't really find out about such things. Okay. Well, unless you listen to this podcast and we inform and educate. Which is what we're about to do. Now, the rules are no name could contain more than 18 letters, including spaces. Names aren't allowed whose punctuation or spelling is obscene or insulting. I think you could see where this is going to go. <laughs> including spoonerisms or rude foreign words. <laughs> so what I'm going to do is I'm going to roll off a whole list of names that were banned by the British jockey horsey people. Okay. Banned! For example, Chit Hot, Chocolate Starfish, Choke the Chicken, Curl One Off, Harry Balls, Harry Monk, Hugh G. Rection, Hugh Janus, I'm a Goodley, Ivana, Threesome, Ivana Tinkle, Major Boner, Spank the Monkey, The Fokker, The Gobbler, Amanda Mount, Arsoles, to you, Ben, Tim Over, and Betty Swallocks. Yeah. Band! Now, occasionally, wily owners manage to slip one past the censors, so to okay. speak, by registering the nag in another country. Here are some actual names banned in this country but approved in others. Slippery Dick, Little Knickers, Big Tits. <laughs> Who Gives a Donald, Passing Wind, Hoof-Hearted, Dirty Sanchez. Don't Google it. Foxy Fatty, as in Babu, I'm assuming. Of course. Wear the fox hat and sofa can fast. 
Now, think about that last one. Sofa can fast. Sofa. Arthur, I see. I love that. That'd be brilliant. And they're coming on the far side now at 20 past four. So fucking fast you can't even see them. (laughs) That is banned. And there's a whole bunch of other rejected names, which are almost 18 certificate. If you think the last ones are bad, these are even worse. Great. Are you ramping up the temperature, sir? I think I am. For example, Cockney Anchor. Cunning Stunt. Yep. Cupid Stunt. Dick Cheese. Presumably after Richard Cheese, the musician. Dick Hungwell. Harry Ballsitch. Hucking Fell. Jack Enough. Nobody ever named a horse that. And finally, P. Ness. So, it's a murky world, it turns out, in racing. And yet it looks so respectable with John McCricks to it on Channel 4 <laughs> yeah. every afternoon. Beautiful. Uh, have you got one next week, by the way? Oh, guess what's back next week. Well, it's not Shoebox, obviously. Guess what's back next well, week. Well, it can't be Shoebox. Guess what's back next week. We will wait and find out what's back next week. It's a show with Shoebox. Yeah. Well, look who's come to see us, everybody. It's only tech guru Will Guyatt's here. How are you, Will? I'm good, Ian. I'm good, and it's nice to be back. Oh, look, you've got loads of watches on. What's happening here? <laughs> I do. I, I feel a bit Man, like Delboy. Man, look, he's got all sorts. He's got coloured phones, yeah. all sorts of things. I've got all sorts of items about my person tonight. I jest, but of course we are talking. There's a couple of things that you know came out just last week or were announced last week. We know about uh, watches. Samsung have got straight in on the watch department. More on that in a second. And, of course, uh, Apple, who are releasing uh, more than one phone. Yeah, two brand-new iPhones have been announced this week. One is better than the previous one. One ain't as good as the others. Yeah, it's all a bit confusing. Or something like and, that. Yeah, it's a bit confusing, this one. It feels like they've dropped a bollock, to be honest. So what have they, what have they done with... So let's, let's talk about the watches, first of all, because I think someone's trying to sell me a pup on yeah, the watches. Yeah, so the idea is you're being told there's a new device called a smartwatch, yep. and the idea is the smartwatch connects to your mobile phone, to okay. your smartphone, and acts like another screen, so it will give you text messages, sure. email alerts, all sorts of stuff. But nobody ever actually said they wanted one. This is the strangest thing about mm. this whole phenomenon. It's not something that's been designed in response to demand. It's companies thinking somebody will want it. Somebody came up with the idea, designed it, and now everybody else is riding that pony. So uh, the first one that came out was a company called Pebble, which is the one I've got here, which is the black and white one. Yeah. Basic looking Some Some look at this not- chancer. Not particularly exciting. Kind of does what it needs to do. Um, and then uh, Samsung got on the uh, got that's on the, the bus. That's the digital watch I had at school. Yeah, it is pretty much. It, that, <laughs> that's what that screen's meant to look like. But then Samsung got on board with the uh, the Galaxy Gear. Yep. Um, the guy, there's a company called Qualcomm that make all the chips in your mobile phones. You'll have never heard of them. They've got on there as well. Sony have also announced one. Everybody's just trying to get into a market that doesn't exist before Apple get there. Sure. Because the moment Apple get there, that's the one that's going to start selling. But of course, what, what, what you really want... When they talk about watches, you want the kind of thing that Daniel Craig would have on his wrist. Yeah, you're you not want the sort of thing that's going to have a fair maiden or two jumping on top of you out the back when you when they see the bit of kit that you've got. To, yeah, you know, the sort of thing that could cook food, that could call anybody you wanted to at any time of day. It works as a computer. It would do all of those things. It would order anything you want, pay for your holiday, Bob's your uncle, all of that. Caper. You're not going to see that for but a long that time. That doesn't happen. These are only really Bluetooth extensions. Yeah, of your phone. They are essentially well, a Craig a, wouldn't have any. No, nah, Daniel would Craig, double oh seven. Craig would only say this is. I'm off. I'm going. The most disappointing about these smartwatches, Ian, uh, most of them have got a battery life of 20 hours. Yeah. You you don't want to... You've got no reason for this device anyway, and you certainly, as hell, do not want to be charging it up every night of the week. something else you've got to think of to recharge, which is annoying. 
And also, this I've got the, the the pebble I wear at the moment is a black and white screen, a simple screen like a Kindle, yeah. and it lasts. Probably. But you you are wearing it though. Yeah, You've yeah, been yeah. wearing this for a couple of weeks. Yeah, but it probably the battery in that lasts six to eight days. It always goes it always goes flat on my wrist, and then I lose yeah. the time for the rest of the day. Okay. These things, until the battery life gets much better on them, just aren't they're not going to be uh, the next big thing. To Hang on, you got you got a message coming through. Have just I? Looking at yeah. Oh. Wag wag. Oops. <laughs> Strange, isn't it? <laughs> After all of that, I get yeah, I get texts that a lot. To be so, honest, <laughs> usually from me. Yeah. So, so uh, then Apple uh, made a bit of an announcement last week, which was sort of expected, but still nonetheless curious because, of course, what everybody really wants from Apple is something they've never seen before. Well, and what we're now getting are kind of like little sort of vague evolutions of what okay. was already there. Apple innovated. Now they're trying to become the mass market. This is what people forget. Apple, despite making interesting products, have never been the best seller. They've never been the company that everybody wants. They've never been the brand leader, apart from in the iPod space. So they've made computers for 30-odd years. They've never been number one. They are trying to make the iPhone a mass market device. They've got something that's pretty good. They've got something that's almost on par with the best stuff on the market. I would argue it's not the best device on the market at the moment. But what they're now trying to do is get them into the hands of other people who've never had them. Now, what was supposed to happen with the announcement last week, because you have two phones, you have the uh, iPhone 5S, which is the high-end one. But they've done a budget phone called the 5C, which is the first iPhone made of plastic. It comes in all sorts of crazy colours like green and orange and like a peachy pink oh, colour. They are really crazy there, aren't they? But the, the, no, but the issue with this is that, uh, it's supposed to be budget. It's only £60 cheaper on SIM free in the UK. So the budget iPhone still costs you 469 sheets if That's you want to go out and buy a budget phone. And... The reason they built this thing was specifically for markets like China and India, not for us Westerners who love a good bit of like full-priced iPhone action. The idea was they were going to build a cheaper device, which meant people would get on the Apple bandwagon mm. in all these other countries. Trouble is, somebody at Apple halfway through the development of this said, we don't want to cheapen our brand. We don't want to be seen as next to these Chinese companies that are knocking them out at 200 quid a pop, you know, cheap phones. Uh, there's a company called Hawaii, which sounds like I'm doing a really, really bad Newcastle accent, but their Chinese phones for under 100 quid are almost punching it the same weight as an iPhone, apart from being on Android, and there's about 400 quid's price differential between, yeah, between them. The two. So Apple are in a situation when they've bottled it. With the, the budget iPhone, sure. they've bottled it because they want to keep the market. But couldn't they have... I mean, I, I do get that. I understand they want to sort of retain uh, their place in the market and they want to make sure that people don't see them as uh, something that's lower down. Yeah. So I, I do get all of that, but there is a sort of happy medium there, isn't there? I mean, they could have... I wouldn't think anything less of Apple. I wouldn't think Apple had completely sold out or gone all cheap or trying to make things that rival some of the cheaper companies yeah. you, you mentioned. I wouldn't think that if they suddenly said, well, here's our new phone, it's £200, and we're going to aim this at people that want a bit of Apple but might not want to go for the top of the range. They might not need it or they might not be able to afford it. It's going to be £200. I would think more of Apple for doing that. So where, where is this area? Who are these people that, where are you, who are going to think, you know, Apple, you bunch of shysters for selling us a cheap phone. How dare you sell us a reasonably priced phone? Who are those people yeah, that are going to think I, that? I see what you're saying. I think the idea of this this new phone, this, this 5C, is um, that it's intended for 
uh, emerging markets. And the big theory was uh, this thing was being built specifically to satisfy the Chinese market. Now, for a network with a shonky name like China Mobile, they're actually the world's biggest mobile network. They have 750 million monthly paying subscribers. They don't have an iPhone on their network at the moment. So the theory was the bloke that runs Chinese Mobile, China Mobile, said to Apple, do us a plastic iPhone, bit cheaper, sexy colours for the Chinese market, and we'll knock it out. Trouble is, they haven't signed a deal with China Mobile, which is why Apple's share price since the announcement of these two phones has been going down because everybody assumed this budget phone was designed for an intended market. Yeah. So um, it's a tricky conversation. It's a tricky feeling. I don't think anybody in their right mind that's thinking of upgrading, yeah. it's worth spending the extra 60 quid to get the five or six time processor the jump that you get on the new, the new iPhone. So the 5S, the high-end model, um, has incredibly powerful processing and graphics capabilities. And it's basically like a power it's almost like a decent home computer three or four years ago it's that powerful um it's got so many so like, is it more powerful than the iphone 5 yes they've upgraded the, all the processors they've changed so the the 5c is more powerful than the iphone no, 5 the, the 5c has all the guts or mostly the same guts as the 5 had but the 5s has like the, the kind of jump you would expect from that's what I'm saying. generation to just, generation just just the 5 the standard 5 before yeah. any of these came out so the 5c it's kind of like what's already out there. Yeah, now. it's kind of like what's already out there, but with a che- essentially with a cheaper case. Um, or the, a lighter phone. No, it's not. And the battery life's not as good Is either. It's not. It's not so, lighter. No, the five, the, due to the plastics and stuff. But the 5S has, um, they, they claim it's got a much better battery life. Now, we've all seen quoted battery numbers, like mm. a phone will last X amount of days. You and I both know, and pretty much anybody listening to this now will know that you send a few texts and tweets and check the internet out in the day on your iPhone 5, battery's pretty much dead by the end of the day. But Apple are claiming that this thing will last a good, based on the figures, three to four days yeah. before you need to charge it up. Now, I need to believe that to see that, but that could be quite an attractive reason to go and buy yourself a 5S. Or you could just do what I do. Uh, when I get this out, people think it's my iPad. Uh, it's not. It's my iPhone with an encased uh, Mophie on it, which, of course, is the extended battery life. That's to get your extra battery life, isn't it? That gi- that will give you battery life for about two days. Yeah, it also makes your iPhone look like something from 1977, though. And it weighs like a bre- uh, something akin to a breeze block. <laughs> But who's laughing now, guys? No, because you've got I'm the man with the power. Yes, Look exactly. at that. 100%. Stick it up your ass. Thank you very much. Uh, so, listen, Will, uh, you can be followed on Twitter. Yes, you can find me on Twitter. You can. Yeah, I should say where I, where I am on yeah, Twitter rather help. than you just That's generally good. stating that I'm available. Follow, search for him. Uh, at Will Guyatt, so W-I-L-L-G-U-Y-A-T-T. Fabulous. Um, and I talk a little bit about technology and I just moan constantly about delayed trains and... Um, other shit, really. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. No. It's always very, very entertaining. Thank you, Will. Always a pleasure. That, everybody, is Mr. Will Guyot. Credit stream. And calm down at the back. Our work here is done. We are, of course, back next week. Thanks to you for downloading. If you like what we do and want to help support this podcast, get over to iTunes to rate, review, and, of course, subscribe. If you're an Android user, you can try us on the free Stitcher app or download at stitcher.com slash once a word. Thank you to all of our guests. Every one of them can be followed on Twitter, and so can we. 
at Once A Word. The in-show feature and sponsor music is by Mr Kevin McLeod. He has a website called Incompitech.com. The show's technical operator was Andre Porch. The programme was edited by Teresa Brandt. Our intern was Jodie Foster. And today's chunky fat comes from Neil in Reading, who tells me that if you cut Ed Miliband in half, he actually bleeds penises. Oh, and as ever, the in-show catering was provided by Abdul's Coffee Shack. We're back in seven days with the critically acclaimed next episode. I think we all know what that means. Until that special moment, goodbye. A Big Things Media Production. (laughs) Big Things! Another Ian Collins once a word fact. Powered by the Mitsubishi L200. With Super Select four-wheel drive, the L200 can handle any weather, including what passes for the great British summer. Hello, I'm Sideshow Kev, and this is a song called Let Her Go by Passenger. Well, you only need the light when it's burning low. Only miss the sun when it starts to snow. Only know you love her when you let her go. This is a song called 74 to 75 by the Connells. Passenger. You see you when you close your eyes Maybe one day you'll understand why Everything you touch surely dies The Connells Passenger But you only need the light when it's burning low the sun when it starts to snow Only know you love her when you let her go I'm just saying